Welcome to this week's Giants Hangout. I'm Madeline Burke alongside Jonathan Casillas. We got Brandon London and joining the squad this week, Matt Sytek in the building as well. How's it going? Rookie speech. Rookie. <laughs> right? It's going great. Happy name, to be name here. college <laughs> and signing bonus. Name, yeah, name college and signing bonus. Stand up, Matt. stand up. What's your talent for the show today? <laughs> Matt Sytek, Vanderbilt University and Zero. <laughs> okay. They got you on that undrafted free agent deal. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Before we proceed, there was a bet. Yeah, yeah. There was a bet, and we need to met, let Matt in on this because in okay. last week's show, when it was just the three of us here, uh, Matt, these two were going at it about uh, okay, if Saquon can't go, who's going to be the guy who's going to pick up the slack? Brandon London pounded the pavement, was like, no, this is going to be Eric Gray's day. Casillas over here was like, no, Breed is going to be the one, and they bet five push-ups. Five push-ups on this show over on who five would have over who would have more total yards. Now Brita won that contest, which means Brandon London, are you ready to deliver your push-ups? Can't believe I lost off a of seven total carries. Seven <laughs> total touches. Seven total touches. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those are good push-ups. Four. Look at that form. Five flex on him. Yes, sir. Very good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. And some mountain climbers, because Eric Gray, Eric Gray is going to get his touches one day and watch. Good job, watch. good job, my dude. This is the kind I of mean, shenanigans that Tom Fuller you could expect on Giants. It, it could have been a little bit, you know, I guess more fair if the Giants would have ran the ball a little bit more times than eleven. A little bit, you know, a little bit. That yeah, would have helped out. Twenty-nine total rushing yards in Week Three against San Francisco. So hopefully, Monday Night Football will be a little bit of a better look. We'll see. We shall see. Um, Matt, how are you feeling about getting involved in this shenanigan chaos situation? Are you ready to put your push-ups on the line? <laughs> oh, I'm ready. More All than right. ready. All right. Let's do it. We Rook. stay ready. We stay ready. <laughs> well, of course, we turn the page now from the week three push-up bet to week four. Giants hosting the Seahawks on Monday night football. Lots of excitement to get into. Of course, returning back to MetLife for the first time in what will have been 23 days since they played at home. It's been that long. It's been that long. They played three games in the first 11 days of the season. And then they had 11 days off. It's yeah. what a weird rhythm to start this season, but Monday night football is always a good time. Always a vibe. You've played in several Monday night yes. games. Yes. What do you think for some of these rookies that are going to be experiencing that stage for the first time? What can they expect? Well, number one, I always used to say this, be London. I, this is one of the things I always say, we're the only team that's playing. Everybody's yeah. watching us, Damn. you know? And I, I, I love the idea of that. Like the whole world, is watching us play. Let's put on a show. Yeah. You know, let's let's do let's perform well. Let's tackle well, of course, defensively. You know, and let's execute the def- let's execute the defense. Let's create some turnovers, you know. Create those like turnovers. and that's the things that the Giants need to do. They have to tackle a lot better, especially from last week. 16 missed tackles last week. They didn't create no turnovers, one sack, and it was almost a gimme, you know, basically. But they got to be more disruptive on defense and that to get the crowd going. Yeah. That'll excite everybody. I used to love playing in front of MetLife and I'm just I'm just getting that crowd going and I mean bro it's Monday night you know like if they they could drink a little bit you know what I mean they could you know yeah. and, and JC and, and, and JC here. when you play and when you play they didn't have me no. as the MC no, at that time I thought some of Marshawn Lynch taking yeah. shots at Hennessy before I don't know what this man's saying over here I'm just I'm sorry what are you what? yeah <laughs> she said anyway. no. <laughs> Hey, JC, JC, you talk about getting the crowd hype. They didn't when you played, they didn't even have me as him see at that time. So I just know. imagine 
you would have been all the way turned up. And I look at this game, this primetime game equals prove it game for this Giants team, the entire team, all 53. Because if you look at it, this is their time to you're going to prove something regardless of this game that either that you are a one in two or one in three team or you. You're better than your record. And like you said, everybody's watching. So when we wake up in the morning, you watch Get Up, Good Morning Football, Bonjour Sports. They're going to be talking about this game tomorrow. So how's the what's the narrative going to be? How are you going to talk about it tomorrow, uh, Madeline? Is it? I mean, uh, on that Tuesday morning, is it going to be the Giants handled business against a good opponent at home on primetime? Or is it they fell short again, and then we list why. Was it the offensive line? Was it the bad tackling or else? This is right. a prove-it primetime game for them. What do you think, Matthew? Yeah, yeah, well, Matt, you've think, been covering this team. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so I think one thing that actually will come in handy for the Giants is that this is their third primetime game in the first four weeks of the season, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. You know, we had the week one game against Dallas, which obviously did not go how anyone would have hoped. And last week's game against the 49ers, which you look at those two teams, those are two of the top, if not the top defenses in the entire NFL. So this week's game, the rookies, you know, as you guys mentioned, they already have a little bit of experience now under their belt of playing under the bright lights with the whole national audience watching them. So I actually think that that will come in handy for the Giants when they take the field Monday night. And it won't be that long before they're playing in primetime again because week five, they travel to Miami for a one o'clock game. But then week six, Brian Dable, Joe Shane, they make their return to Buffalo, Sunday night football, another primetime game, four in the first six weeks. So good experience for the young Giants on this team. Yeah, four in the first six weeks is more than any other team in the NFL in that span, right? The Giants are heavily featured in primetime the first part of the season. But Matt, I mean, you've been covering this team for a long time. You know this well. The fact that they don't seemingly do well in that window. What have you noticed about that from your perspective covering the team for Giants.com? Yeah, I mean, look, the numbers are not great when you look at, you know, especially like Daniel Jones's record in prime time. But I think as we've come to learn, each season is different. Each week is different, as Coach Dable loves to, you know, remind us each and every week. Uh, but a, a lot of like Daniel Jones particulars record in prime time came under different head coaches. So I don't think it's fair to necessarily look at the giants back in 2019 or 2020, 21. This team is, you know, is this team we're under, we're with Brian Dable now. So honestly, the only primetime games I really take a look at are the two that happened this season, which again, as I said before, did not go too well for the giants, but Seahawks defense is a lot easier to move the ball on than the 49ers or the Cowboys. So I do think the offense in particular is going to have a lot more success Monday night. Well, and you mentioned that Seahawks defense, they're getting a big piece back this week. Jamal Adams uh, is likely to return. He hasn't played since week one of 2022 when he tore his quad out. That 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 hurts to say. I can't imagine coming back from that injury, but you know he's going to be eager to get back on the field. Seahawks are also 5-0 at MetLife Stadium. They have never lost in that building, Um, which is also just mind-blowing to me to think about, like a stat like that defensively you know you got a guy like that coming back against a team that's you know giving up the fourth most points per game in the league um or on on a team that's defense is giving up the fourth fourth most points per game on a league on the on the game or the i can't even finish this sentence i'm rubbing off on you you know i'm like over here throwing fruit in i'm like all right anyways but yeah jamal adams coming back that's going to be an impact for them but when you're coming back from a year off 
What is that like? Uh, you, pitch count. Yeah. Like number one, you got to be on a pitch count. You know, I, I don't care who you are. You're not going to get thrusted into the game and play 70 snaps after playing zero ball in over a year. Yeah. You know, so definitely be on a pitch count. But, you know, they look, they have they have Bobby Wagner, right? They have one of the most tremendous linebackers we've seen over the last decade, if not a little longer than that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, and they got a whole bunch of, you know, moving parts. Julian Love is is, is over there as well. Mm-hmm. And then they're playing complementary football to their offense, what we're right. not seeing from the New York Giants, right? The 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 offense for uh, uh, Seattle, the last two weeks, they scored 37 points. Brandon, when you guys scored 37 points on offense, not to say I'm relaxing on defense, but like it's a little bit like, all right, if we lose this game, this is definitely on us. Yep. Yep. You know, and we don't have to do too much to stop that team from scoring 37. Right. So it makes it a little bit more easier. And then the, the, the defensive coordinator is not so tight, you know, and then the, the guys are the team that you're playing against. They're probably going to throw the ball. That's good for our pass rushers. Right. So they're playing complimentary football over in Seattle. And that's what makes them so dangerous. Yes, they're susceptible against the pass. They're tough against the run, though, on defense. And adding Adams to that, they're going to be a little bit tougher as well. So the Giants need to play complementary football against this team led by Geno Smith and Julian Love and Bobby Wagner because this is a complementary football team. They're not the best. They're not the best, Mm -hmm. but they play complementary football, which we haven't seen from the Giants. Yeah, And and there's holes on that defense as well. So Mm -hmm. when you're talking about Darren Waller, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slayton, this deep roster of receivers that this Giants offense has you know the movie Friday Night Sp- Friday Night Lights let booby spin let these mm-hmm. receivers spin because yep. we don't know what we're okay Saquon Barkley uh practice in a limited capacity today we don't know what we're going to get out of Breida and uh Gray I'm talking 11 total carries or touches from that run game from the run- running backs last game this has to be right, a game well, where Darren Waller Darren Waller and Cole goes off. Daniel Jones, this has to be one of those games where forget what anyone has to say about the offensive line, scheme it up, get the ball out of his hands quickly. And then when you get a chance to take a shot, let it rip and and let these playmakers do what they do. Because like you're saying, when you got a match, 37 points, there's some, you got to have to gamble a little bit. You're going to have to be aggressive when you're offensive play calling and prime time. Again, you get a, a chance to rewrite the narrative about your offense, your offensive position groups, and this overall team, this is the game for the Giants. This is the one that you could really come out and be like, hey, there's a reason why we had three primetime games in the first X amount of uh, uh, X amount of games. So it's this is going to be one of those games where you're going to be watching the Giants like, JC is one and one. That fourth and two, fourth and three, you ain't go for that, man. Go for that because mm-hmm. 37 points per game, you got a match. Whew. That's that's tough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, as you guys mentioned, Seattle scored 37 points in back-to-back weeks. Like, they have playmakers all over the offense. Geno Smith with the amazing comeback year last year. You have three amazing receivers, potentially the best wide receiver trio in the NFL between DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and the rookie Jackson Smith, the Jigba. And now you have the very, very competent running back duo in Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. I mean, Walker last week was NFC Offensive Player of the Week, popped 150 scrimmage yards, two touchdowns. Charbonnet saw his uh, touch total increase. He had nine carries, the most in his you know short career, averaged over five yards a carry. Like They have playmakers all over this offense. 
we know their offense is going to put up points and they're going to put up a lot of yards. They're going to move the ball. So the Giants offense is going to have to keep up with that. And, you know, Seattle's defense on paper, the stats, not great, especially the pass defense, but especially with Jamal Adams returning, you look at the guys they have in their secondary between Reek Woolen, who was, had an amazing rookie year last year, Devin Witherspoon, one of the top cornerbacks in this year's draft. You have Jamal Adams, uh, Julian Love, and Quandre Diggs at safety. Like, they have some ballers in their secondary. Yeah. And, you know, I have to bring up with Jamal Adams, you know, the last time he played the Giants at MetLife Stadium huh. for the Jets, huh. but in 2019, he had that play where he just blitzed Daniel Jones, ripped the ball right out of his hands and took it the other way. So that was yeah, one of the most yeah. incredible plays I've ever yeah. seen. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah, but he's a, he's a liability in pass coverage, liability in yeah, space. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where you take advantage of a Jamal and, Adams and, coming on. And for sure. Madeline, um, Earlier on BBKL, and I've I've watched, I was trying to figure out what's going on with this offense, right? Why is Paris Campbell only averaging four yards a catch? Right. Right. He's supposed to be this speed guy, right? Yeah. Darren Waller dropping a couple passes, right? And then I've I had to go back and watch all the tapes. The Giants last year, they were extremely good between the hashes in terms of passing the ball. Richie James, right? Mm-hmm. Richie James, bro, right. was really good for the Giants between the hashes. He got open. But most importantly, Daniel Jones's ball placement. Right. I think he's not as accurate this year with ball placement. I think that has something to do with the new receivers. Or, I mean, it could be the chemistry with the new receivers. It also could be the amount of pressure he's been under behind no, that I, offense. All line. of that. All of that. It's, it's, I can't it's, get rid of the ball like that. Madeline is all of those yeah, things. Yeah. But the end of the result is sure. the, the, the ball placement. placement is not where it's supposed to be at. Think about Campbell. He's falling down sometimes. Mm-hmm. Waller's a little bit too high for him. He has a great catch radius, but when you're running, B. London, you know this, when you're running in between with all the traffics at them linebackers, you're not going to be catching those passes fully extended yeah. up like this. But it's also, it's not fully, because I think, like, to characterize it as Daniel Jones' ball placement, that could be an element of it. That is that is an element mm-hmm. of it. But it's also, like, when you look at the receivers, even the completed passes, there's where's the yak right right it's like you get you get a pass and then it's like they're brought down immediately because there's no separation Mm -hmm. um there's not a lot of these like wide open we saw on that drive in the preseason or a couple of those plays in preseason some wide open passes but we're just not seeing that same kind of i don't know if it's that ain't happening they're not i mean they're not running they're (laughs) not running a a dig route or a pick route or whatever like they're they're doing um you know it's like how how do they create that separation brandon I think it, it comes with with a little bit more on the timing aspect of it as well. He's getting the ball out fast. If you look at it, I think I read something on PFF today. He's been pressured 44 point something percent of the time. Anytime, JC, you know, you, what is your guy's job to do? Wreck the decision maker. Mm-hmm. Wreck the guy who's making the most money on, on, on the field. And if you can take that plays into ball placement. I remember being in the CFL with Mark Tressman. He used to always say location, location, location to his quarterback because it matters and yes it does but when you're watching against the 49ers you're seeing Paris Campbell catching those little little five yard out routes those little quick those little quick throws it's because the pressure is coming and it's and Daniel Jones is feeling like he's going having to get the ball out so when that gets coached up they fix that and now you're able to hold on to the ball a little bit longer or even move the pocket, get him out of the pocket and uh, to, to give these receivers a little bit more time to free up and create separation. 
that's when the magic's going to happen because he has a team full of yak receivers as it is. Right. Sterling Shepard has shown he can get it. All those guys are, are pretty much yak receivers. So right now we're just waiting for the evolution of the pass protection to help the quarterback put the ball where it's supposed to be so the receivers can do what they do. Right, because the offensive line is allowing the most pressures in the NFL on Daniel Jones. But having receivers, like you mentioned, Brandon, uh, that are very capable of getting yak. Matt, we need to see, you know, something shift to be able to get these guys in those opportunities. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Brandon mentioned this. I actually have the stat here. Daniel Jones has been pressured on 46.7% of his dropbacks this year, according to Pro Football Focus, which obviously that's the highest in the NFL He's just, he needs more time in the pocket. I mean, if you look at his, the splits between when he has time in the pocket versus when he's pressured, it's basically two different quarterbacks. When he has given time and not getting pressured, he's completed over 71% of his passes for 467 yards. When he is getting pressured, that number drops down to 51%, where he only has 95 yards under pressure. And in terms of his passer rating, his passer rating drops over 57 points when he's getting pressured. So clearly he needs just more time in the pocket. And of course, a big part of that we've got to mention has been the absence of two of the giant starters on the offensive line, specifically Andrew Thomas, who is their all pro left tackle, the best offensive lineman on the team, but also Ben Bredesen, that left guard. Bredesen, you know, looked solid yeah. in week two in the first half before he left with the concussion. The whole left side is has been you know, new players from what the team has went into the season thinking was going to be there. There's been a lot of shuffling all throughout the offensive line. Marcus McKeithen is starting at right guard now. He was not the starter before the season started. So protection is definitely, it's got to get better. And I think a big thing that will help the Giants a lot this week is the fact that they are not going up against what is considered an elite pass rush. I mean, Cowboys and 49ers have two of the best pass rushers in the league between Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa. Very talented players opposite those two guys as well. Seattle does not really have that stud pass rusher like those two teams do. So I think that will definitely help the Giants offense line. Real real quick, Madeline, last year, Daniel Jones got paid because he made something out of nothing with the receivers that he had. It's hard to make something out of nothing when you don't have time to throw the ball properly. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, to the point, too, earlier today, Brian Dable spoke to the media and he talked about how uh, every player is out there practicing on a limited basis. Um, A little Pearson cameo in the middle of the show. You know, we're on air, Jonathan. <laughs> this is important. This is important. You know, we're, you know, there's so much going on over here. This is a work day. Um, but, you know, uh, Coach Dable mentioned how everyone is practicing, even some on a limited basis. Ben Bredesen out of the concussion protocol. Um, Andrew Thomas is going to get some work in. Saquon getting some work in. In full pads today, too. This is going to be a good way to test who is ready and if guys are ready to make a comeback on Monday night. If you could pick one player that is the most important to return, one of the injured players that is the most important to return to the field on Monday, who would it be? Andrew Thomas. Yeah. yeah I don't even Aziz Ojolari. Aziz. Mm-hmm. I said, don't I be close. Like, he said Aziz. I said, oh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Matt, well, I, I guess I'm going to go with Saquon then. But I think those three are definitely the – obviously the three biggest and all for their own respective reasons. Here's the thing for for my logic is 
you could you could kind of do without Saquon on this one. If you come out high tempo, throwing the ball, get the ball out, play again, no pressure with placement, with good ball placement, that's going to get you first downs. That's going to get you weapons. Andrew Thomas, same thing. Yeah, he's a staple on that on that left side. But then again, and he we still played without him and had success, somewhat success without him. When it comes to this pass rush, y'all, and we're talking Geno 2.0, they wrote me off. I ain't right back. You mentioned the receivers that they had. You're going to have to get pressure on Geno. So I'm thinking Aziz is that guy that that has to be there because when Aziz plays, Aziz is a disease when he plays. The man gets after it. So that's How why I came How many times did you practice that in the mirror? It just <laughs> popped up in smooth. my head. When smooth. JC was, smooth. was doing his, his off-the-camera stuff, whatever they was doing over there. I like it. But, the t-shirt. but look, I, I think you can't take away from the impact of Andrew Thomas and what he has. And I think the reason why the Giants got away from their run game last week because of the absence of the left side, both Bredesen and Andrew Thomas. And when you have a guy like that, I mean, as a quarterback, you're dropping back and you can't see back. Here. You know, just just blind trust. And I think that comfortability when Andrew Thomas is around and then also knowing that you can run behind him on run plays and he just he's just a pillar, bro, you know, and yeah, yeah. the Giants offense needs to needs to score some points. They need because I don't think the Giants are going to be able to keep the uh, Seahawks to like 14 points, 17 no. points. Yeah. I, I think mean, they, they, they scored 13 in week one and then 37 in each of the last two right. weeks. And, yeah. and week one was against the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. And they did a really good job. I think blocking Aaron Donald that again in that game. So yeah. they're, they're going to have a, they they know how to defend that interior lineman on yeah. defense. So again, with your point with Aziz Ojolari, He's always the most productive defender, I think, out of the entire defense. The thing is, he just hasn't been around. He just hasn't played a lot of snaps for the New York Giants. But I agree with you. The Giants need to put pressure on Smith. Uh, Gino, he, I think this year he's improved in terms of his pocket yep. presence. He's yep. extending plays a little bit longer. And to Matt's point, he's throwing the ball to some explosive dynamic receivers and the tight ends. He likes yep. to get those balls to the tight ends as well. So, Aziz Ojolari, Andrew Thomas, Saquon Barkley. Of course, Saquon Barkley is, I mean, he's the best, yeah. if not top three in the league at the at his position, explosive and all that. But high ankle sprain at his position coming back, like if he's not 100%, and this is the one, Brandon, you know, this is the one, if you're not 100%, Saquon is not going to look like Saquon. Right. He is not going to be out there. He can't cut certain ways, and you don't want him out there looking like not Saquon. You need Saquon looking like Saquon. It's like when you get a flat tire on your car and you put the spare on, you're not supposed to drive around with the spare on. You use that spare to get you to change the tire. And Yo, you know, I'm pulling up to the to- club <laughs> in the donut. What? That's your personality. <laughs> you got a spare donut. You're not you're supposed to do those turns the same way that you usually do. And so if he's not 100%, if he doesn't have four fresh tires or two, two. you know? Okay. You said you want you want Saquon, not Jaquan. I get it. Okay. <laughs> Everybody in the club. <laughs> no, but I mean, we talk about Gino. Gino coming off his comeback player of the year award last year, which I still find baffling. The fact that he got an award for coming back from being Gino Smith. But you know what? He has been, <laughs> right? He's been just <laughs> He's been through through this. That's hilarious. It's not no, not no. 
you've been in this league for a minute. He spent some time here in this building, in this Giants organization. We've seen so much growth in his game. You mentioned how much you've seen from him. I mean, Matt, you alluded to it a little bit as well. Is he on another level this year, do you think, than he was last year? Uh, I mean, he, he was great last year, obviously. I think he's pretty much looking like he did last year. He just has more weapons at his disposal now. Mm-hmm. I mean, to add Jackson Smith and Jigba with their first-round pick to a wide receiver room that already had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, to add Zach Charbonnet to a running back room that already had Kenneth Walker, and as you guys mentioned, the tight ends. I mean, Noah Fant, Will Disley, these guys are no slouches. These guys are all guys that are, yes, solid at blocking, but can also get out there and catch the football. So – I don't know if I necessarily say he looks better than last year. I think he looks just as good. And last year, Gino was obviously miles and miles better than any other Gino we've ever seen since he came into the league. I think he's even more dangerous this year because, one, he's flipped the narrative about him. I mean, just think of what is going on with the quarterback position over there in one Jets drive. When you're a quarterback in New York, whether you're Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, Geno Smith, you are going to be ridiculed and you are put on the spotlight and they will try and break you down. Like, did they? I'm, I'm, I am surprised Geno and Daniel and Eli still standing. They got holy water sprinkled on them because, man, yeah, they got, they are tough, bro, to go through that. So for a Geno to come back, have the year that he had last year, and now even be able to build on that, this dude is dangerous. He's playing with all type of confidence that you need to have in this NFL. And he's showing that he is a top, like a top eight, top five quarterback in this league with the weapons that he has. JC, I mean, you, you, you play with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, look, I, I had nothing but the utmost respect for Gino because he Such was a a, he was a worker, though. Yeah. He was working, bro, in the weight room, you know, in the meeting room. He was always a vocal guy. Like, he, he didn't look like a backup. He prepared like a starter. Mm-hmm. He always prepared like a starter, and that's his mindset, right? But then when you look at this team and who they and, – and me and Schmelk just talked about this on BBKL. They have a complementary offense. Their run game is is connected with their passing game with their play-action attack, right? And he's not a guy that's going to force it and throw the ball, I think, foolishly downfield. He's going to understand that, okay, cool, I got this little fan. I got this tight end that's sitting at the line of scrimmage, and he's going to dump it to him. Mm-hmm. But that comes to where the Giants struggled last year. Last year, last week, they couldn't tackle. And if they can't tackle against this team, against Kenneth Walker, that dude is, I mean, he had a great year last year. He's picking up right where he left off. Tremendous in the open field. Can make the first guy miss. Will run you over. Good in the passing game. And for for Geno Smith, when you got weapons on the outside that are experienced in Metcalf and Lockett, Jackson Smith and and Jigba, the the young receiver, and then all of these tight ends that you can just dump the ball to. And then you have this explosive powerful running back that makes your job a little bit easier as a quarterback and things are working and they're doing this with all of those injuries along among the uh, offensive line yeah i mean it's it's, go ahead go ahead i'm sorry madeline go ahead oh i was gonna say it's gonna be a tough matchup absolutely but it's great it's it's going to be great for the giants you come out measuring all these storylines surrounding this prime time game mm-hmm. and you come out with the dub just think of what that does to team psyche well Two this is two. like yeah this is a team that's in your weight class right you're fighting in your weight class like in prime time like because that. i think before it was like you know they were a little bit of featherweight going out, against out, heavyweight outmatched, outmatched yeah. in some categories but you know what this is like a you know 
even keel fight right here. This is right in the it's weight class. It's a middleweight fight. It's a fair fight, you know. <laughs> um, and so, uh, but one of the interesting things too is we talked about the the tackling, the struggles there. Also, the Giants are one of two teams in the NFL right now without a single takeaway on defense. Yeah. And Geno Smith has thrown one interception this yeah, one. year. Mm-hmm. One. Um, do they get a takeaway this week? Is this the week, week four, that the Giants defense? And if so, who wears a turnover chain? Mm. Who do you vote? To say, let's thing. get it. Let's get it started. Let's get the party started. And Are we doing uh, push-ups on this one? Are we, Are we is this a push-up bet? Uh oh. <laughs> we could do it. We could do it. Um, you know, I'm always game. I just got to remember to bet. I, so, you know yeah. me. I am the historian with a solid memory. And if not, it is on the record. Right, right. Battling the almanac. Yeah. So uh, we'll all pick a person or what? What we're yeah, doing here? Person. Who? Who? So yeah, you're right. Who creates the turnover oh, or no, no. well that's there's too many levels i feel like no no, no no i think a turnover is a turnover somebody who creates it or gets it so an interception is the person that gets it yeah. and somebody that forces a fumble okay and and recovers the fumble it recovers, recovers the fumbles the fumble. interception force a fumble All right, and it has so... to be defense not special teams right okay okay has to be defense yeah and has to be a player who's going to in some way affect a turnover does it have to reflect on the stat sheet or no? No, it has to be a forced fumble, uh-huh. fumble yep. recovery, or interception. Like you can't tip a ball. That doesn't count, right? A tip oh, ball, no. right? Yeah. Oh, no. We got it. Right. The rules are rules. So yeah. the tip ball doesn't count. It's just if you force interception, fumble, fumble recovery, interception, interception. Or fumble recovery. Okay. And the the fumble that's forced has to be recovered. Otherwise, it's not a turnover. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In, in, All right. Ooh. Go for it. Who's your player? Who, who wants the first pick? I got Trey. Hawkins the third Ooh, first the interception and turnover. He's long. He's going to be matched up on DK uh, DK Metcalf. It's going to be a ball in the air. And sometimes DK he relies on his ability, his catching ability, rather than going up for it. Sometimes I seen true. We've seen Trey Hawkins the third go up for the ball. I think he goes up and he robs one on DK Metcalf. Printed. Mm. Print it, print it. Uh, all right, Brandon looking to keep his epic streak of push-ups alive with that thing. Uh, who you got? So I'm going to go linebacker here. I think uh, the guy who the Giants brought in, they expected to be the leader in the middle, and I, I've seen him make a lot of plays. And the things we talk about that the Giants haven't done, tips and overthrows, we got to get those. Mm-hmm. The Giants haven't been doing it. Davidson had the PBU, was it pass defense at the line of scrimmage? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be something like that. Pass deflection, ball tipped in the air. It's going to fall right in Bobby O'Carry K's hands. Thank okay, you. Okay, okay. Thank you much. So if I win, that mean all of y'all do push-ups? What does this mean? I don't know. We got we to workshop these. <laughs> yeah, everybody. everybody like, oh, yeah. How about this? You get to pick who does push-ups. How about this? How about this? I'll do hers if she loses. I got you. You're my dog. This is a real team. All right. Break. So we're together here. But <laughs> okay. if you win. If I win. What does that mean? Everybody has to do for even me? No, not you. Ah, I like that. <laughs> you look at me. Do look at me. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, I don't know. Okay. I'm strong. I can do push-ups. All right, no. Matt, who's your who's your pick? Look at me, London. He's I'm trying strong. to figure out. <laughs> it's like the math uh, is rapping. I, I like where Brandon's head was at there. I mean, I know this kind of got forgotten with how last week's game ended, but the Giants came close to a few interceptions on Brock Purdy in the first half of last week's game. Like yeah. they were very close on a couple yeah, of plays. Right. So I'm going to stay in the secondary, but I'm going to go with Jason Pinnock. 
Uh, I've since basically since the start of summer, start of training camp, he's been the guy. He has looked like the most dynamic guy in the secondary. He's been pretty consistent each and every week, whether it's practice, preseason game, regular season, and he also you know plays up at the line of scrimmage sometimes. So there is also the chance that he could you know get that forced fumble or fumble recovery. Although I do think it will be on an interception, but hedging my bet a little bit by saying he could get potentially a fumble or the interception, but Jason Pinnock is my guy. It's Pinnock time as well, man, from the preseason that he had. That's, that's one cool dude. I did an interview with him over the week. Yo, JC, he was, he was linked over like this on the interview, like talking like this, like with his hands like this. I'm like, Hey man, put your shoulders back, man. It's one, that's one cool dude right there. So he's due for one. I think that was just an excuse for Brandon to show off his post push up swole right there. He's like, look at (laughs) this. The horseshoe. I got the horseshoe right there. The horseshoe. Um, I like where your head's at. I think all y'all have good picks. I am going to go in with a kind of similar. I mean, Matt, you mentioned this last week. They had a lot of almost interceptions and a big one that almost happened was the other rookie in Tay Banks. So I feel like, you know, BL and I are going to have the rookies covered on this one. I think one mm. of the rookie corners is going to make a play. I could see, I could see it happening. Okay. Yeah. Um, just Cause I'm, I'm trying to think if it could be a combination of both. Like if, if Okarake mm-hmm. forces the fumble and Pinnock scoops it up. Yep. So me and Matt, are good and then and then yeah and then Brandon still gotta do push-ups anyway because you lost but no (laughs) it's okay I want to do push-ups anyway unlike Brandon London was like I gotta do push-ups in the suit I come ready to do push-ups you see the shirt I'm in this is JCT Penny top of the line mister okay all right (laughs) all right so let the record show that uh Brandon London's pick is Trey Hawkins to wear the turnover chain Casillas picking Bobby Okereke Matt has got Jason Pinnock, and I have Tay Banks. So hmm. we'll see if one of these guys or let all of them get a turnover. Seriously, there you go. <laughs> um, so let's see if we can get some uh, some takeaways this week. Monday Night Football. It's gonna be a good one. We'll all be there. We'll all be there watching. Uh, Giant Seahawks. That's a wrap. I feel like anything else you got you guys want to say? You guys want to say to the people out here? No. All right. Oh, well, make sure you get your butts up off the seats though when him C comes out. Like I need, I need, I need all that energy going. I need I, all that energy. Are you gonna be I outside love for a little so bit? So much that Brandon has has like trademarked this nickname for himself. That it, it's so good. Him C is it's so good. on the nose. We need to make this happen. Do we have t-shirts yet? Not Ooh. yet, but they're on the way. I'm trying to get them. Ooh. I'm trying to get them here before sound check on Monday. So Ooh. will you yeah. be stopping by the radio show at all, my friend? Absolutely gotta say what up to the dog. Yo, he's I know you know, but this guy is everywhere in the studio. Like me, I'm at the front, do a little radio, and I'm in the box, and then I'm in the booth, and I'm home. This dude be outside at the the, the, the tailgating. He's in the sweet boxes. He's like in the side of the building that I've never seen nobody standing on with the mic in his hand. Just like, how did you even get up there, bro? I, know. <laughs> this, like, I dream of genie just <laughs> and now, like I'm going to teleport here. I don't know how you do it, but you are. Little I'm going to end it on this. I'm going to end it on this. I'm nice around mics. Call me Pippin. Oh, Ooh. Bars. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, that's a wrap for this week's 
hangout here the giants hangout madeline burke jonathan casillas matt sidetech and the him see brandon london uh tune in next week to see who has to do push-ups and uh hopefully we get a nice little win hopefully on monday nobody has football. to do push-ups because everybody won, everybody won. Everybody we all won. eat we in turnovers left and right. <laughs> exactly love to see it we love to see it all right that's a wrap for this episode we'll see you next time